0: This is a closer look with Arthur Levitt. Arthur Levitt is a former chairman of the US Securities and Exchange Commission, a Bloomberg LP board member, a senior advisor to the Promontory Financial Group, and a policy advisor to Goldman Sachs. Jordan Hetler began his career working in California politics and at various nonprofits in the San Francisco Bay Area. Today, he manages the Center for Popular Democracies' Fed Up campaign, an initiative that works to bring the voices of working families and communities of color to the Federal Reserve, highlighting what they see as a lack of diversity and ongoing conflicts of interest in key Fed leadership positions and advocating for making the Fed a fully public institution. He joins me now for a closer look. Jordan, would it be realistic to classify you as a Fed hater?
1: No, I don't think that that's quite accurate. Um, I mean, the Federal Reserve has historically been a um, an excessively uh, opaque institution, and I wish that it wasn't still a private institution, Um, we've certainly had many critiques of the Fed from both a monetary and regulatory standpoint uh, in the past and today. But the Federal Reserve System um, was created as a um, progressive reform, uh, and it was created in 1913 as a response to a series of um, very damaging financial crises that had occurred Over the, you know, century that America uh, did not have a central bank. So I think, you know, I believe in central banking and I believe that the Federal Reserve can be an important institution for managing uh, the United States money supply and um, monitoring uh, Wall Street speculation. Um, But I think it needs um, some structural reforms in order to do that in a way that advances the public interest.
0: I know that you've referred to making the Fed fully public, but I'm not really clear on what fully public means.
1: Of all the central banks, uh, in the world, uh, America is, uh, central bank. The Federal Reserve is, uh, unique in that it's actually, uh, partially a private institution. The 12 regional reserve banks, uh, located throughout the country are actually, uh, owned uh, legally by the commercial banks that they uh, oversee, um, and what that means is that their their shareholders um, and the, the the commercial banks uh, are actually uh, actually own stock in those regional reserve banks, and as a result of that, they have an entirely a uh, private structure. So the reserve bank presidents who manage those uh, institutions are private officials uh, chosen in secret by the board of directors at those regional reserve banks who are also private officials um, chosen uh, again through uh, private process, um, two-thirds of the boards of directors at each of the reserve banks are, prov- are chosen by the, the commercial banks themselves and um, there's no real public accountability even though the reserve banks are involved in public policy making that has uh, huge consequences is for every American, um, and so the reserve banks, uh, you know, the reserve bank presidents, five of them at any time, uh, sit on the Federal Open Market Committee and set interest rates and make decisions of, of huge uh, import to the American economy. Yet the institutions that they run are private, and they themselves are, you know, exempt from FOIA, uh, exempt from um, public input or accountability or oversight uh, in, a, in a, a lot of ways. And, and this is not how uh, most central banks in the world operate. Uh, most central banks are run by public officials who are appointed by that government and are accountable to the public, therefore.
0: What does uh, FedUp do to push for reform, and has it made much headway?
1: I think the most significant thing that we've done is advocate for the Fed to actually Itself with its responsibility to represent the public. In 1977, Congress passed a law that made a portion of those leaders at, at the Federal Reserve Banks that I mentioned, those um, directors who help run the regional reserve banks, um, appointees of the Board of Governors. And the Board of Governors at the Fed are the um, you know the only uh, public officials. They're appointed by the President and confirmed. by by the Senate, um, and uh, therefore operate in a much more publicly representative fashion, like um, you know members of uh, the cabinet and other uh, heads of, of public agencies. Um, and uh, so, three directors. You know in nineteen seventy seven a change was made so that three directors uh, at any regional reserve bank were uh, made public representatives appointees of the board of governors um, and and all uh, nine directors at each reserve bank uh, were supposed to represent uh, the public without uh, discrimination on on the basis of race or or gender, and also um, reflect the local economies by drawing from, uh, you know, various uh, economic sectors, including uh, labor and consumer groups. So in theory, what this was meant to do was make the reserve banks more more public in terms of how they reflect their economies,
0: Jordan, you and your group fed up were hoping to influence the latest choice for President of the New York Fed, advocating for a more diverse choice. Why is the New York Fed so important to you?
1: Well, the New York Fed is uh, a very, very important institution within the Federal Reserve System. The New York Fed president uh, sits on the Board of the FOM sits on the FOMC and has a permanent vote to determine um, interest rate policy. And the New York Fed president actually sits directly next to the Fed chair um, and uh, therefore has a sort of seniority that the other Reserve Bank presidents uh, don't have. So the New York Fed president is really the second most important position at the Fed um, after the chair and because he or she oversees some of the largest and most complex institutions on Wall Street, Um, they also play an important supervisory and regulatory role. Um, So that's why it's such an important position to us. Uh, And in the history of the New York Fed presidency, um, there have been ten presidents. uh, They've all been white men, uh, and they've all either come from Wall Street or gone directly to Wall Street after their service. Um, So we felt that there was a a need to, to change that history.
0: Why do you think that diversity at the Fed is really that important for working people?
1: Well, I'll just give an example um you know, the transcripts from 2011 uh, of FOMC deliberations show that uh, even in, in the depths of the Great Recession, when uh, black unemployment was still, uh, you know, in the high double digits, uh, African-American unemployment as a particular problem and, and, and racial disparities uh, ongoing, that were ongoing as the economy tried to dig itself out of the recession, were never once discussed. And it, it, it has to be posited that a possible reason for this is that there wasn't a single African-American in the room at that time. Um, and FedUp uh, advocated for for change, and, and in 2017, Rafael Bostic was named... Um, the first african-american reserve bank president in the history of the federal reserve system when he became the atlanta fed president um, and, and i think that 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 really matters because uh... you know diversity and inclusion uh... and and representation are such important principles and it's it you know it's it's difficult to imagine that uh... labor market conditions for uh... communities of color are, are discussed as um, extensively as they should be uh, if the only voices in the room are, are, white, are white men.
0: Jordan, could you possibly give me some examples of candidates who should be more seriously considered for the New York Fed, for instance?
1: Um, so we presented a list um, to the New York Fed Board uh, of people who we thought would be qualified for the position, um, who had a history of advocating for those communities. One name that we put forward was um, Sarah Bloom Raskin, who was a former Federal Reserve Governor, and you know if she had been chosen, would have been the first woman to serve in this role. Um, Another was uh, Bill Spriggs, who's currently the uh, chief economist of uh, at the AFL-CIO and, and was before that uh, an economist at the Department of Labor, um, and and, I, and those are two, we had other names that we suggested as well, but those are two candidates who I think um, demonstrated not only uh, uh, public representation and reflected the, the diversity of the New York Fed District, but also have a strong commitment to the Fed's full employment mandate uh, and, and a demonstrated uh, history of independence from the financial sector and a willingness to um, regulate and properly monitor um, the biggest commercial banks in the system.
0: Remind us how the Fed presidents are currently chosen and do you want to reform that uh, or change that selection process?
1: Yeah, it's a very opaque process. And it's been shown to be uh, riddled with problems and potential conflicts of interest in in the recent past. So, as I mentioned, the boards themselves uh, are are not as uh, publicly representative as they should be. Uh, And it's the boards of directors uh, who make these decisions. Six individuals, uh, six private individuals, uh, who are themselves chosen through a, a private and um, typically opaque process, are responsible for choosing uh, very important and influential um, public policy makers. Uh, and so there's no opportunity for um, public input, um, and there's typically very little public awareness of who the candidates are, uh, why they're deemed uh, qualified. For for the position, the opportunity uh, never arises for the public to vet these individuals or ask questions of them. Um, And uh, what we tend to see as an outgrowth of this process Uh, is the selection of uh, either people who have a long history of working within the Federal Reserve System uh, and therefore contribute to uh, sort of a groupthink dynamic that the Fed often gets criticized for, or people who have a history of working in the the financial sector that the Fed is um, largely responsible for overseeing.
0: What do you think of Janet Yellen's tenure as Fed Chair? She created a task force to improve gender and ethnic diversity. And don't you consider her more independent than some?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, our relationship with Janet Yellen uh, formed in 2014 when a coalition of uh, workers uh, from all around the country showed up at the Fed's uh, summit. Um, this was the first uh, annual policy summit that the Fed holds every year in Jackson Hole uh, that took place while, while Janet Yellen was chair. Um, and uh, there we met with her and uh, urged her to keep interest rates low to allow the economic recovery to reach uh, communities of color and, and, and allow for wage growth to pick up, which was something that we really had seen as lacking um, even uh, at that point. Six years into the recovery. Um, and Yellen was uh, very receptive uh, to us. Um, and uh, in her first set of uh, congressional testimony uh, the next summer, um, she was asked by several members of Congress questions from our sort of perspective about why the economic recovery had uh, really failed to reach the um, communities of color, and and she said that uh, there wasn't much that the Fed could do about structural inequities, but um, from our perspective, prioritizing the Fed's full employment mandate um, and allowing job growth to, uh, to reach uh, communities of color, because there 's a two to one ratio in in terms of uh, how fast recovery reaches uh, african American communities in particular, you know when you truly push for full employment, uh, it helps uh, make labor market discrimination um, much harder and So we were critical of her for sort of downplaying the Fed's role in alleviating these racial disparities. And several months later, she was very responsive. She proactively provided information about uh, racial disparities in the economy and what the Fed could do to help uh, reduce some of those um, during her congressional testimony. Um, She also adopted, she also created the Community Advisory Council and, of course, oversaw the Uh, selection of the first African-American Reserve Bank president in Atlanta last year. Um, So I think she has a a very strong legacy of showing that she really cared about these issues um, and wanted to take the Fed in a better direction uh, in terms of public representation.
0: The Fed uh, considers us to be at full employment. So why do so many people feel the recovery hasn't happened for them? And Why hasn't full employment caused a rise in wages, as is usually the case?
1: That's a very complex question that economists all over the world are grappling with. Since the financial crisis, we've seen a lot of the structural uh, problems uh, that existed in the lead up to the crisis. Um, You know, growing financialization, uh, a larger and larger share of economic growth and economic gains taking place on Wall Street, and having that not be reflected uh, in the real productive economy, as well as um, market concentration and, and, and a larger number of firms. Uh, you know, sort of merging and and um, and 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 making it more difficult for uh, small businesses uh, to compete. Uh, these are these are long-term trends that uh, have that I think are in in my evaluation of the situ- situation. Uh, you know, the primary drivers of uh, chronic inequality, which has been growing since the late 1960s, and Fed doesn't have any tools to uh, necessarily address. Uh, Some of the specifics of those, there's a lot that they can do to, um, you know, properly monitor uh, Wall Street uh, speculation, uh, and that there's a lot they can do from a monetary policy standpoint in terms of defining full employment, at the very least as one where uh, labor share of corporate income has recovered to uh, its pre-recession levels. We're still not there. Wage growth has been so sluggish since... The crisis uh, that there's many, many workers out there who are still nowhere near uh, where they were even in 2007, uh, and so um, defining full employment as uh, as a, a, a Economy that at the very least looks like it did since it was heavily damaged by a you know global catastrophe um, seems like it makes sense to me uh, and by that definition we're certainly not at full employment even even today um, as the top line unemployment figure has has reached 4.1 um, and, percent and, and things look like they're. You know, much better. Um, but I, I would say that many workers don't feel that.
0: Jordan, you'd like the Fed to set monetary policy that stimulates the economy until economic indicators reach their pre recession levels and everyone, including black and Latino communities, sees sustained growth. What kind of specific stimulus are you talking about that would achieve this? I think
1: at the very least, uh, you know, the Fed can uh, continue to maintain its low interest rate policy. Right now, uh, the Fed is uh, taking a different approach uh, where the, the many policymakers there have basically declared victory on the uh, economic recovery and begun to raise interest rates. And I'm concerned that that's going to slow down job growth in an economy that's still not as a, as robust as it should be or could be and the reason that they're doing that is in the name of uh stemming inflation but but inflation still hasn't reached the fed's two uh, percent target Uh, And so uh, it seems as though their entire framework uh, is off. You have a lot of policymakers at the Fed who come from a background of, you know, having gone to, uh, gotten their economics degrees in the 70s and 80s, where the, you know, economic structure was entirely different, and there was still uh, a lot of concern that you were going to see runaway inflation like we did in the 70s. uh but uh today the economy uh is not anywhere at risk of seeing that kind of uh problematic inflation uh and so it's unclear why the fed wants to uh raise interest rates to fight a a, a theoretical uh problem uh and so that's that's the first thing is just readjusting the entire framework at the Fed um so that the full employment mandate is truly uh prioritized.
0: Now, you wanted the New York Fed to choose a president who's totally independent from the financial sector. What about expertise? Shouldn't experience in banking? Uh, always be a disqualifying conflict of interest under your scenario?
1: I would say that many of the candidates that we put forward who had uh, independence from that financial sector uh, did have the requisite expertise and knowledge of the sort of plumbing of the financial system uh, that uh, would have allowed them to do the job very effectively. Um, so I don't think that uh, experience making money on Wall Street is the only uh, only way to uh, gain uh, the necessary expertise to, to do this job. Uh, but um, I would also say that, uh, you know, the, their, the history of the New York Fed's uh, sort of revolving door between New York Fed staff and and Wall Street has not served us well in the past. Um, and you don't have to take my word for it. The New York Fed's own analysis of the what went wrong uh, in the crisis um, showed that they had failed to properly... Uh, supervise commercial banks uh, and interfere in uh, the subprime Prime lending market, uh, in part because uh, they were a captured regulator and there were many supervisors uh, at the New York Fed who were cautious about properly supervising the banks in their district uh, because they either came from Wall Street, or were interested in pursuing an opportunity in Wall Street eventually. Uh, and, and that that's a real problem for regulators.
0: I think that uh, that's subject to interpretation. I've known a lot of regulators that came from the industry they regulate who turned out to be among the best, fiercest regulators in the history of the country. So I don't personally believe we should have uh, standards that would disqualify a former participant in the system as someone who wouldn't turn out to be a pretty darn good uh, regulator now uh, you do call for a public disclosure of uh, conflict of interest waivers for fed uh, Directors. That seems reasonable. But what what argument is there against this? Something
1: that generated a lot of controversy is that you know Jamie Dimon, the the J P Morgan Chase uh, CEO. Uh, sat on, on the New York Fed board at the very moment that uh, the New York Fed was facilitating billions of dollars in, in emergency lending uh, and facilitating the sale of, of Lehman Brothers uh, after its bankruptcy to JPMorgan Chase and then the New York Fed was the single institution that was most responsible for uh, for uh, facilitating that transaction um, and th- the. There were uh, many many other instances that the GAO uncovered in, in a report shortly after the crisis uh, that showed that uh, access and a sort of cozy relationship between the regulators and the regulated entities um, uh, was at the very least um, troubling and, and, and not a good look even if uh, even if no uh, explicit or endemic, uh, corruption, uh, could be shown. And, uh, and so, uh, I think that the Fed needs to take further steps to assure the public that, uh, that, um, they are, uh, you know, properly, um, monitoring, uh, the regulated entities, uh, that they are responsible for supervising and
0: overseeing. He manages the Center for Popular Democracies Fed Up campaign that is calling on the Federal Reserve to reform its governance to better address the needs of working people and increase diversity and representation. Read more about the work of Fed Up at whateverrecovery.org. Jordan Hetler, thanks for joining us. By the way, if you have Comments about the show or suggestions for topics? Email me at a closer look at bloomberg.net. That's a closer look, one word at bloomberg.net, and follow me on Twitter at Arthur Levitt, one word. This is a closer look with Arthur Levitt.